Oh, man. Okay. What is it, friends and podcast personality, Vegas Lancaster? Oh, hey, fellow amiable podcast personality, Rudy Basso III. I didn't see you walk into the studio. I was just sitting here lamenting a dilemma dramatically. A dilemma? No. But as all our listeners know, you're the happy-go-lucky funny guy. If you're feeling down, it must really be a problem. It sure is. You see, I want to buy lots of gaming products, but many of the things I want are out of print. Oh, man. I feel you, fellow podcaster. That's a very relatable problem many gamers have. But I don't feel that way any... more. But you must tell me how. Of course, fellow palcaster. I shop on noblenight.com. They're a brick-and-mortar game store which also exists online, and they have tons of products, including all editions of D ampersand D. At noblenight.com, out-of-print is available again. Oh, boy. I'm checking noblenight.com out right now on my smartphone right now. They have so many cool products. But I couldn't possibly buy them all. But, Podbro, don't you know that NobleKnight.com offers discounts out the wazoo? Jeepers, you're right. Golly, look at those prices. Still, I already have a bunch of old gaming stuff. Even though I'm not using a lot of it, I wouldn't have any space for all the new things I can buy at NobleKnight.com. <laughs> My good podcast, Homebray, don't you know that NobleKnight.com will buy all your old gaming products you aren't using? How do you think they get all those out-of-print products? Great Asmodeus, you're right. I'm glad I have a friend like you, Rudy Basso III. You are smart, and now I am too. That's right, because smart people shop at NobleKnight.com. Yep. HTTP colon backslash backslash www.noblenight.com. Okay, I think I think they got it. Hello, and welcome back to D&D VNG, the only podcast that plays a different Dungeons & Dragons licensed video game every month. If you think that might mean we're only going to be around for like a year, tops, <laughs> we've got a surprise for you. We're going to be here for a while. Anyway, I'm Rudy Basso, and joining me, as always, is my delightful panel... Gregory. Alex. Vegas. And Vegas. In and Vegas. Vegas. There's, there's Vegas. There he is. Secret guest. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I was muted because uh, I was chewing on pretzels. Oh, delicious pretzels. Anyway, today we'll be discussing al the Genie's Curse which is a top-down action-adventure game with slight RPG elements. Alex, tell me about who made this game. al The Genie's Cursed, was developed by Cyberlore Studios, a development company that made a lot of expansions for very famous games, including uh, Warcraft 2, Beyond the Dark Portal, expansion for Heroes of Might and Magic 2, MechWarrior 4. Uh, the game itself was made and published by Strategic Simulations, Inc., Back in 1994, was only released on MS-DOS. There were no console releases for this game. Greg, al Sir. Oh. Well, I don't think there's been any official al products since, like, the early 90s. 
So yeah. people out there might not be familiar with it. Can you tell me what can you tell me about Al Qadim? Al Qadim, Genie's Curse. There's a lot of Sinbad, a lot of Thousand One Arabian Nights influences here. There's a lot of well, there's a little bit of Aladdin. There's not a lot of it, but there's a little bit in there. The place was in a land called Zakara, which they I think later shoehorned. I think this was a retcon into Faerun, very far southeast, kind of like Karatur. One big empire, one language, one religion, a pantheistic one built around fate. Uh, a cool little twist is that, you know, like, oh, goblins bad, orcs bad, elves weird and jungly, you know, dwarves short and drunk. All of the demi-human races all lived in super happy harmony. Goblins are great. Orcs are great. Everyone is great. They also had a ton of class kits that came out. Kits were something in second ed where you could essentially change up your standard classes. You had tons of fighter kits and mage kits and stuff like that. So they had a bunch of interesting ones like the Corsair. Which is what the character in this game is. Vegas, speaking of that character, what is this specific game about? Forget about those other interesting classes, because you play who the game tells you to play in Al-Kadim. As the player character, you'll be controlling a shirtless Aladdin man. He's a Corsair, which is like a pirate fighter guy. And he's just come home getting ready to get married to the Caliph's daughter, the princess. Doing pretty good for yourself, player character. But uh uh-oh, after you get home... Your family's genie, that's right, your family controls a genie in this game, attacks another family's boat, and everybody gets arrested. And your quest in the game is to find out why your family's genie attacked somebody's boat to get your family out of jail, and to find your princess wife who was lost at sea in this attack. Vegas! (laughs) That's me! Are you talking about genie? Oh, is this this a... I just I just rubbed this clock shaped lamp. Uh, well, yes, good, good morning to you. I am the time genie. What? Oh, you sound like you somebody sound else. Very we know. similar to someone we've yeah, met before. Not unexpected. Uh, you, the time wizard that you know well is my great nephew. Oh wow! So you're older. You're you older. Predate him. <laughs> I am far older. Yes, I am. You are correct about that. I am told that the Time Wizard transports you back to a time when you can appreciate the game uh, without worrying what modern graphics should be. Is that right? Not by request, I mean. Well, if you don't need to stand on ceremony, I'll take you back. (laughs) That's really okay, you know. No, no, it is what you want. There will be no need to make fun of uh, load times. Was that a problem? A little yeah, bit. No, 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 no. I don't need to make fun of uh, small maps. Is that the problem? Ah, oh, man, this uh, game really could have used a low map. resolution. Yeah, yeah. Oh, res- low okay. resolution. Okay, so we'll go back to the golden age of Islam, twelve fifty-eight or somewhere about there. Time genie, no <laughs> computers. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait. What? Well, kind of. All yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> What? 1994. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's acceptable. Okay. You will need to make some noises to be transported. On the count of three, everyone yell, ping! Time to Time to Oh, God. Three. Ping! You feel different? I feel 
significantly not younger, but uh, like uh, just so prepubescent. Yeah, weird. yeah, different. Mm. Yep. I feel like my diet is much less good. Yeah, ah, they had a word for that uh, in 1994. Worse. Yes. Anyway, thank you, Time Genie, for that. And we'll it is be... my pleasure to meet you boys. You're so full of life. I'll be contacting you when Big Brother's over on my okay. scrying device, too. Oh, see you then. Which, all right. Bye, Time Genie. Toodles, Time Genie. Don't get got. Right. <laughs> Can't wait for organic artisanal foods to be invented. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about Al-Kadim, the genie's curse. Yeah, this yeah. new hot game that just came out, set in that super exciting world, Al-Kadim. So popular, that Al-Kadim. Indeed. Cool, let's talk about this game, guys. What do you think? What do you... Uh, so, it's like Zelda, <laughs> right? That? Was that the prepubescent Rudy coming no, out? No, no, no. <laughs> it's like Zelda. It's like if they wanted to make a Zelda, but make it D&D, right? That's the immediate it, thing that jumps to my head. It is like they wanted to capitalize on the popularity of Zelda. It is kind of like that, except you get to like talk to people. Yeah. I, okay. So it's, it's really just kind of top. So down yeah, I guess board. we can say a lot of the mechanics are kind of the the way combat works is kind of similar to Zelda. You have an inventory which is similar to Zelda. You can buy things, but it's much more story focused. I'll agree with that uh, with you there. Yeah, much more dialogue focused. Uh, your character is definitely. I think that it does a great job of establishing who your character is and what your like your family. It's not just your random adventure number four going to seek out his fortune in the world. You are somebody in this world. You have a family. They're important people, and it does a good job establishing that. Yeah, while other D&D games are very focused on letting you create your own characters, this game completely forgoes that and says, look, this is who you are. This is your place in the world. And that lets them do a more character-driven story than you'd be able to in a create-your-own-character game. Yeah, it also completely forgoes any sort of Dungeons and Dragons system uh, and makes its own gameplay. What do you mean? It's got stats. It's, it's... It has stats, which I don't think do anything. Yeah. Let's talk about the combat. And that's, I think, the weakest part of this game is, is was... the combat. Yeah. What's up? This is definitely the place where comparing it to Zelda really results in. Genie's curse getting wrecked. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking the same exact thing because you know you can you can oh, swing man. your sword, you can throw a sling, which you get early on in the game, but mm-hmm. hitting an enemy doesn't cause them to move back. Like that's the big thing in Zelda it that I sometimes think sometimes causes causes them to move when back. you hit an it enemy. Seems like it's random. But like you right? could you could use your skill to kill an enemy in Zelda. You can dodge. You can exactly. You can dodge them. You can move and maneuver around them. And this one is just like hit the guy, and he's gonna hit you, and you're gonna hit the guy, and he's gonna hit you. Yeah. And you're gonna take big damage. Oh yeah. So like in Zelda, the enemies had patterns and kind of movement and stuff, but in Alcadine, it's just oh, is is that the player? I'm gonna run at them all the time, constantly, as soon as I detect them. 
Occasionally, though, they stop and stand about three squares away from you and just stand there. It's dog AI. It's a dog AI. I no, it's all the enemies will just sometimes do that. And then you just hit them with your sling over and over again. I don't know what triggers it, but like it's just like they have two modes. Attack relentlessly or look at you from 15 yeah. feet away. I will say, uh, as, as a credit to Genie's Curse, that in the town... In the starter town, after you go through the tutorial, which I have coming on as well, maybe when we get to that part. Um, but in the starter town, if you fully explore the town, you at least know that the combat is essentially, I'm going to stand here and hit you while you stand here and hit me, because you'll meet the trainer guy. It's terrible. He just rushes you and holds down his attack button. And so you just hold down your attack button, or you spam it, or whatever, and that's, that's the duel. It's just, it's just like a little kid fight throwing slaps at each other. It's it's real bad. It's real, real bad. It's really uh, bad. There's yeah, no... it's the critical flaw of the game is the combat because yeah. you know it is an action game, so it you're gonna spend most of your time fighting things, and fighting things is boring and frustrating. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I found myself pretty much just ignoring enemies, just running by them. You're faster than. For everything except, I'd say, the Dust Devils, uh, which are just whirling tornadoes, which just pop out of nowhere and run after you. Tons of damage, yeah. Oh, yeah, they hit hit the hardest or the fastest, but besides them, you can pretty much outrun everything. And I I had points in this game where I had maybe like 15, 16 zombies following me. And uh, it's fun, you know, it's nice to outrun them, but if you get like trapped in a corner, then it's just like a swarm of enemies come at you. I am going to take umbrage with you, Vegas, with what you said is that, so this is a game that has lots of combat, certainly, but I think there's a huge emphasis on puzzles as well. And in fact, Greg, to your point earlier, the tutorial, that's how the game introduces you. You don't fight a bunch of guys. You Mm -hmm. just run through numerous obstacles. You go through different kinds of puzzles. Mm -hmm. I I think it's maybe like a 60-40 towards puzzles even. Would you agree, disagree, guys? Uh, I'd say it's a... 20% 20% combat, 40% puzzles, 40% walking around and talking to people. Because that's a huge part of the game. Which is not a bad... No, no, no. it's not it's at all. Me. Honestly, yeah, the, like we said, combat's the worst, far and away. Yeah. So, And on, like I said, if, it's pretty easy to just straight avoid it. The puzzles are, are the best part of the game, I think. Can we can we talk for a second about that intro, though? Sure, yeah, the absolutely, yeah. Puzzles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, how familiar everyone else is with Alcadim, but I'm pretty sure the James Bond buzzsaw traps on the floor, not original part of that setting. Could be wrong. Don't know. But I got wrecked the first two times I tried to beat the tutorial. I didn't realize there was like this effervescent wall of death coming behind me. And I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's coming. I should probably... You're going to die in this game a lot. And it's not like Dark Sun, oh, I got outmaneuvered, or this game is just really hard. It's like, are you, I'm dead? Really? That's so, what? Yeah, save, save on every screen. Oh, yeah. Forget save on every screen, save before every conversation. I don't know about you, but I didn't pay a ton of attention to some of the conversations I had. I was like, oh, look, some random person. I can read fast. I'm clicking through to, oh, oh, I just called them a jerk. Oh, crap. I, that's it. Restart. Oh, I actually had no problems at all. That, that was going to be one of my complaints. 
you you actually like got into fights through conversation? No, but I I didn't. Oh, you you, you made them mad. Yeah. I guess I always just went with the like the nice, the honorable, the nice yeah. guy. No, 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 not yeah, me. That responses for everything. Not me. And uh, I never had any problems with anyone. But I feel like just the conversation choices in general in this one are kind of limited. There's usually like two or three responses. Yeah, it's like nice guy, mean guy. But I love some of the mean guy responses. Yeah. I think the mean guy yeah. sounds great. I just was too scared to do any of them for some reason. Even though like Renegade Dark Side is my go-to, I was like, oh. I'm a noble man protector guy whose daddy controls a genie. I'm going to live that up. It it didn't really feel like how you talk to people, whether you were a mean guy or a nice guy, made any difference except how people responded in that conversation, which is okay. I mean, for 1994, I guess we shouldn't be expecting Mass Effect, right? I mean, what's that game? I've never heard uh, of it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <sighs> it's the idea of a game you're going to create. 13 years. But in response to that, I feel like Dark Sun Shattered Lands did a much better job of conversations, and that was a year earlier. You mean a year ago? Yes, a year ago. A year earlier from this year. Okay. Please, Dun- do we have to always maintain this? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just different games. Yeah. Um, Dark Sun is, uh, you know, that's a game that gave you lots of multiple branching solutions to every problem. And this game is a lot more on the rails. Well, you know, I can't even give it to the, just the character because they had a story in Shattered Lands, right? They had a pretty serious story, but it's just, I don't know. I think even with the character, like you said, being set, you could still have branched out a little more. What do you guys think of the art? I think it's a pretty game. I think it looks nice. I thought it was okay. It's alright. I'm not the biggest fan of like the Arabian Nights theme. And it, everything just seems so kind of uh, generic, straight out of Aladdin type. Had a look to it. I, I don't know. Shirt, it didn't really... To be honest, sure. Uh, I'm really kind of annoyed with... It's really hard to tell if you can interact with something on the map. That's true. And like, occasionally... like So one of the early quests, you have to find like a berry bush... And it took me forever to find it. Purple. And the most annoying the part ones. is that, yeah, one, it looks more pink than purple. Yeah, uh, I, I clicked on every bush in the And Oasis. when I found yeah. it, I, I'm like, okay, this has to be it. And I just tried to interact with it from beneath it. Nothing happened. Then eventually I realized I had to go above the bush to interact with it. And then it worked. So, yeah, there's a lot of, even like if you know you should be able to interact with something, Sometimes it's hard to get the right angle. There's even a part in the game where you can like choose to side with multiple parties or like fight one or be friends with one. So like if you don't line it up right, instead of talking to them, you'll just attack them. I did really enjoy though. You know, we're talking about Zelda. We can also talk to, about Shattered Lands, and I thought the animations in this game, given like the current state of the art, if you will, and some of the other things, were pretty good. Like even the main character. One thing I noticed right away. Was it even if you're just sitting there idling? He actually has an idle animation. Like, he's got a little idle loop for standing there. He looks around. He crosses his arms. That puts something in. You know, like, there's pools of water around. They move. They sparkle. You know, the NPCs walk around. They've actually got animations that are a little more complex than just, like, one leg moves, another leg moves. So I got to give that to him. I thought it looks pretty good from that respect. Very colorful. I I felt like the graphics were, like, I don't know. They were suitable. They weren't distractingly bad or anything like that. But I thought they were a little bit 
under par. Like all the houses in the town, they're just kind of a flat tan. There isn't any decoration or anything like that. And I, I do think there are Final Fantasy 3 or 6, depending if your Japanese or American is out at the same time. And that's a really pretty game. I think the style choice they made kind of limited because they were going for a more realistic look, I think. Yeah. All the characters mm-hmm. are proportioned well. And I, you know, I'm not, I don't know what a genie looks like in real life, but... Uh, <laughs> They're, they're, I thought the genie looked great when he actually appeared. I thought he was he was yeah, yeah. he was very like of all the character animations, he was the best. He looked really cool. Yeah, the the powerful characters, the the huge things, uh like that genie, just kind of stunning looking in comparison yeah. to the small bland humans. What did you think of the sound? I thought I liked the music, you know. You get used to the loop of the music in games these days, so I uh I like the loop. I thought yeah. the music was okay. I would have liked a little more interesting sound design, like when you're hitting enemies. And I, I, I think that's, again, we were talking about in the combat, you don't hit a guy and have them move back a little bit. The, the combat needs more polish, and I think the sound design is part of that. I gotta be honest, I don't have a lot of input on the sound, because as soon as it popped up, something about the color scheme, and probably the setting, you know, Big Desert, even now, talking about it, I'd hear the Dark Sun music in my head. <laughs> and whenever I fought things, I heard the Dark Sun hitting the monsters' noises. Like, I can't even imagine what Genie's Curse sounds like right now. All it is is Dark Sun in my brain. Sorry. I guess that means the sound design wasn't that memorable, right? I, I guess, or it means, or it means that I have a problem. Personal yeah. bias going on there that might have so influenced. Hey, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. It, you know what? There First. are hyenas in the game, and whenever they attack you, it plays kind of a low res but real sounding dog barking clip. That's and kind of awesome. my dog was going insane <laughs> whenever I was in the Oasis getting attacked by hyenas. I don't really remember much of the sound as well. My biggest compliment is I wasn't unbelievably annoyed by the music to the point where I had to turn it off. Like my thoughts on Dark yeah, Sun music. I was going to say, I'm I'm <laughs> not big on the Dark Sun music. I much preferred this one. Yeah, I can't I believe that's stuck in your head, Greg. You must go crazy. Okay, I got it, I got <laughs> oh man, I really don't like that music. But Final Fantasy 3 or 6, there's a game with some good music. The game has an inventory system, sort of. It's a lot of potions, a lot of scrolls of magic. You don't actually wear armor or get new weapons. You are permanently shirtless. Permanently shirtless. Uh, you, well, it's hot, you, man. It's hot. I guess. This adds a little bit to it, I guess. It's, it's really important because you need to heal yourself a lot. And drink a lot of those potions, but it, it, I mean, it, it doesn't feel tacked on. Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing, I'm just gonna, quick question for you guys. In the top right of this UI, there's like a little potion, uh, container, right? Do you Mm -hmm. guys notice that? Is there a way to, like, fill that with anything? I don't, I never really understood that. I couldn't figure out how to hotkey it either. Every time I needed to take a drink, I had to go into my inventory. Yeah, go into your inventory. It's kind of annoying that... Same with weapons. If you want to switch from your sling to some sort of magic spell you have, you need to hit escape, go into ready weapon, choose from your inventory list. It would have been um, great to so, slot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Then... Just or have a key that switches between everything. Because it's not like you have that much. You know, I had maybe seven seven spells or seven, eight things at the most. So having having a quicker way to access that would be easy. And yeah, the inventory, like you said, it really kind of does feel back on. The only time I'd ever access it 
was to drink a potion. <laughs> yeah, the the potion thing in the top right, I think, is actually to show what potion you're currently using. Like, oh, like if you're using one of the elemental uh, immunity uh, potion. Yeah, that's what I. Like I never that. actually used those. So this this kind of brings up something about the game related to going through the interview inventory and all that. I'm curious what controls you guys use because I tried the mouse one and I thought it was awful, but maybe I just didn't get enough time. I, uh, I use keyboard all I the time. Keyboard, yeah. yeah, I used the mouse for a little bit because for some reason the keyboard buttons weren't working for me for like the first. I don't know. Until I got out of the main town, but then they did, and I just used the keys. If they support mouse only, then I would you not can't really have hotkeys anyway. This game, <laughs> I can't imagine playing it with just the mouse. I, I, I just you would die so quickly. It fit my when I was playing with the mouse. It fit my style of run by everything and don't even bother <laughs> fighting. Because fighting is not only you know kills you quickly, but it's also extremely hard with the mouse. According to the manual, you can also play with a joystick. Oh. I'm just going to say, I quickly consulted a, a walkthrough oh, while playing this me game. Me too. It is extremely hard to figure out what you need to be doing. And more frustrating <laughs> is there are there are tough points in the game where you basically need to like trigger an event. And you need to be in like the most specific spots. So my my main example of this is, at one point you get like a turtle you need to, you can summon from the ocean. And you need to go to somewhere on the map, in like the southwest corner, and say like magical words that bring the, the turtle from the, the water so you can land on it. I walked around that location for like five to six minutes. I went. I ended up leaving it and then coming back another five minutes later because I wasn't standing at the exact spot where your character automatically says the words. It is definitely an <laughs> adventure game in like yeah. Monkey Island style adventure game. Clumsy. Yeah. I was doing a lot of like writing down what people said to me in dialogue so I could remember it later, uh, which I haven't had to do in a game in a long time. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that was cool. <laughs> I enjoyed doing it. This game loves magic words. Yeah. It's like, go to this door and say, Azula Batan. Go to the <laughs> south of the island and say, Jorgizitzona. Say this genie's name backwards. That's how you take power over him. You start at level 2 in this game. And then you gain experience points in level in this game. There are quests. Sometimes it's like, give this person some money. You get 90 experience. If somebody wants from something from you, give it to them. It's only going to be helpful. Leveling. Is this just uh this is a D and D game, we need this, or did you think it had an act like No, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it no, is. The right? first the first thing I thought when I went into the menus and I saw that, that there were like, you know, real stats quote real stats, strength, dex, con, that kind of stuff. Two things. First thought. I was like, Wow, this guy's stats are crazy good. Second thing, why the hell does he have stats? Like I get that it's D and D, but I'm pretty sure they didn't matter at all. You know, yeah, as far as I know, there's like, no way to alter them. It feels like D&D was just like, you make it a D&D game, better have strength, constitution, dexterity, charisma, wisdom, and intelligence. That's what people want to see. Yeah. 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 As far as D&D goes, and al and the Corsair kit, very appropriate that he doesn't wear armor and dual wields a scimitar and a sling. Magic, not so much. He's a fighter. But the rest of that stuff was straight up from the kit. So I'll give them that. They followed that mostly right. Let's talk about this game as a, a Dungeons & Dragons game in terms of 
of the setting and the lore and all that. Um, I mean, one of the coolest things about Alcadim when I read about it was that everybody, all the races kind of get along, but you don't really see any other races in this game. I agree that that's weird and that's kind of that kind of stinks, but it is consistent more or less with the setting in itself. They talk about all the races getting along and all of them being part of this like cosmopolitan accepting culture. But then in the same breath, they talk about, oh, yeah, it's pretty much all. Yeah, it's like 80 percent or something. <laughs> but even then, it would have been like, by the way, remember, this is a D&D game because he's an elf or like as a merchant or something. It, it just it it it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Elves are merchants in Dark Sun. OK, Skipper. sorry. Right. OK. This is Faerun. Anyone can be anything. It, it would have been like a nice reminder because you could be like, this is an uh, just a game in a, in a Middle Eastern setting. It has nothing to do with Dungeons and Dragons. It's just like a, an Arabian Nights fantasy game. There's nothing about this game besides the stats uh, to make me think it was Dungeons and Dragons. I guess uh, the spell names. I got some moon shard or yeah. something of magic missile. So if you look at the manual, there's actually really nice designer's notes at the end. Um, oh, that's so cool. Did you check that out? Am I, am I the only one? No, I did too. Right. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. So there was um, there's a great short story in the beginning. Anyone who plays this game, I highly recommend you actually look at the manual. It adds a lot. Um, yeah, And the designer's notes at the end, they talked about the game in itself and the setting and some of the challenges, like why they made these decisions to have it not be turn-based. And I thought that was really cool. Like the character choices and why they gave you a character instead of, you know, letting you roll your own. One of the things they said is that Al-Kadim presented its own challenges to the designers. Like it's not the medieval hack and slash world we're all used to playing in. So I wonder if they kind of went intentionally farther away from some of the more traditional D&D elements to sort of emphasize how different it was. What I was going to say was, you know, the monsters are all... D&D monsters and in the instruction manual they note the monsters that they created exclusively for the Alcadim mm-hmm. game and mm-hmm. then they give you stat blocks and monster yeah. manual entries in case you want to use the monsters from the game in your tabletop game which I've yeah. never seen another D&D game do before I thought that was really cool like they even give if you've read the older like monster manuals. I think maybe the fifth edition they brought this back. The older monster manuals, they would actually talk about like a description of the thing and then combat stuff. But then also the monster's ecology. Yeah, like, I love that. Which was always my favorite thing. It's a really nice detail. And you, that's a really good point, Vegas. So I think it's it's definitely worth noting and just kind of throwing out props to these guys for for doing that. And Greg, you were saying earlier uh, at the beginning of the instruction manual, there's like a six page story and it's, uh, you know, kind of feels like a pulp fantasy novel story. It's about these genies interacting and it really, really sets the tone of the world pretty well. I think reading that story makes playing the game feel a lot better than going into the game blind. It directly sets up the game. It got me a lot more invested. Uh, in the character of the prince. Even. Me too, because they're talking about this prophecy that this prince is the only person who can pretty much save the world, and he has no idea about that. And then you start the game, and you're playing that guy. I feel like we're doing a disservice by not having a, an al expert on the panel here. 
they do those <laughs> exist anymore? At, well, I guess maybe in this year, nineteen ninety four, they might exist. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they might have died out in twenty years. I will say that the game, and especially the the you know the game and the manual, uh, did make me interested in Alcadim as a setting, whereas previously I had absolutely zero interest. Me in too. Setting. It was like zero. A- it was neat to see D&D in a light I have ne- had never thought about it before. I had never thought of Arabian Nights D&D. And, you know, it's kind of cool. Uh, I I just feel like it was just missing too much to even call Yeah, I think I'm more... It really just felt well. like a generic Arabian Nights RPG world. Like, the fact that Dungeons & Dragons was thrown on there is maybe just to get people interested in buying the game. It just it feels as far away from D&D as you can get, uh, but still has the name for some reason. So that was kind of disappointing. I mean, there were some things about the world that I did like. I did really like the, the genies and how they work into certain families and helping them out. But D&D parts of it, I did not see. There are some <laughs> D&D elements ham-fisted in. Like, I noticed when I was um, attacking hyenas with my sling... Sometimes I'd kill him in two hits, but sometimes it would take like four or five. And I was thinking, what the heck's going on here? And then I finally realized under the hood, they've got random damage rolls going on because it's a D&D game, which is great in a turn-based game where managing the randomness is part of the strategy and awful in an action game where you're trying to rely on skill and precision. Your viewing area is so tiny in this game, and I get that it's a DOS game and there are limitations there, but even Dark Sun, Shattered Lands, you could you had a much wider out perspective. Yeah, the it tiny had, window that you can see around your character is super uh, annoying. When you've got murderous bees and hyenas <laughs> and dust devils charging you. And random yeah, plants that shoot fireball things that you. That you cannot kill. Yeah. Yeah, there's like plants that shoot spikes at you. The only way to avoid them is to stay out of their shooting radius. But you have no idea that they're there because their radius is pretty much the width of the screen. There's also an extremely frustrating message. Every time you die, it says, a quest that ends in death and dishonor. Yeah. Which is cool the first time you read it. <laughs> then it's just insulting. The plot and the writing is really good. Yeah, I, you know? I again, yeah. I... When my family was accused of attacking that other jerk family's boat, and they're like, your family's going to jail, I was like, whoa, 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 Khalif, yeah, come on. Like, felt like a Shakespearean plot twist. Yeah. I was like, damn. And your brother's Alchemy. missing. Did he do it? Did the, what's going on? It's, uh, mm-hmm. I agree. It, it, it really took me in. I, I was interested in the story quite a bit. And I love... You know, Alex, you weren't crazy about the dialogue options, but I can't get over being a jerk to people because I got a rich family with a genie. And, like, one guy's like, people shouldn't be able to control genies. And I was like, maybe you shouldn't be able to control genies, but my family should. So I I enjoyed a lot of that, being a jerk nobleman. Nice to everyone. Got to marry this princess, man. (laughs) And rule with an iron fist, man. Uh, The story didn't really pull me in as much, but... To be honest, it probably had a lot to do with I just really don't like these types of games, and maybe it was a little more a little more stubborn 
and not as willing to be interested in. Yeah, I, I hate puzzles. I hate puzzles, and this there are so many puzzles. I was super, <laughs> like, oh, too many puzzles. Let me go someplace else and look around someplace else. I'll come back later. It just—they're not super clever puzzles. They're either. not. It's just time-consuming and annoying. It's like walk on this platform. All right. They're a little I mean, more that's... complicated than that sometimes. No, they're, most of the puzzles <laughs> boil down to like pull every lever. Yeah, you can. That, that's what I mean. They're just annoying. I will say that at least, that even <laughs> even in the very beginning, I didn't even notice some of the puzzles. Like you can pull a lever and turn into a bird and fly yeah, over yeah, some yeah. stuff. What? In the beginning, the you can, you can go over the, yeah, exactly. the urns or whatever by turning into a oh, bird. Oh, smash them. Yeah. Brute force all the way. I don't have an yeah. 18 slash 74 strength for nothing. Hey, gentlemen! Nice <laughs> back! You boys still chatting about your video game? I think we're about done. Oh, okay. Well, I bet you'd like to go back to your timeline, huh? Yeah. 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 We'd be... If Don't... I am uh, correct in thinking, the Time Wizard uh, already made jokes about bringing you back, quote unquote, but in uh, the wrong year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he does he that, does all that time. often. Oh, oh, he's so funny. A oh, young, young man full of energy and many jokes. Wait, Let's what? go around the circle and uh, everyone say their favorite thing about the Time Wizard. He's not here. Oh. Am I not here, Alex? Oh, Time Wizard, wait. Wait, what? You didn't oh, hear man. my great Time compliments. Wizard, you're here too? Yes, yes, I am here. I have agreed that I would only move you forward in time. Gentlemen, if you remember, you said ping to go backward in time, so I think you now know that you have to say gnip to go forward. Man, you genies love magic words. It, it yes. makes total yeah. sense to me, yeah. On the count of three, okay. gnip, everyone. One, two, three. Gnip. Welcome back, boys. Thank you, Time Genie. You're a lot easier than the Time Wizard. I resent that, young man. But uh, it's not my night. I'll go back where I came from. That is to stay a steamy hot bath. <laughs> Goodbye. Hi, Time Wizard and Time Genie. I'll miss you. Time it Wizard, is... I appreciate the strange comic relief you add to this podcast. Thank you, Vegas. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. I've got so much more facial hair now. It's so weird. It is weird. You're really tall. So tall. I've got yeah. brie and pretzel crisps. Oh, wow. Hooray. Yeah, dinner. Would you guys recommend people check out this game? I think I'm going to be bucking the trend here, but I would say, yeah, go check it out. Because I, uh, like I said, I read the story in the manual before I started playing, got a little bit wrapped up in this uh, Al-Kadim story, and this is the first time I've played a game on this podcast that made me feel like, oh, I could continue playing this after we're done recording to see where it goes uh the i wish the gameplay was more polished uh if if it was a little better in that respect or if it was a lot better in that respect honestly this would be a big recommend from me but it's mm. a very tepid uh toe in the arabian water recommend i'm actually gonna go i'm actually gonna go with vegas and say that it's worth checking out 
you know, go go and read the story and check out the manual so you have any idea what to do. Um, and then load it up in DOSBox and, and get to work. I thought it was fun. Uh, just make sure that you run the sound config because I couldn't figure out how to get it running. But once you do, maybe never, maybe no one else has this problem. I don't know. But I think it was a, a fun little trip into Alcadim. It it actually got me a little interested in the setting. So fair play to Genie's Curse. Well done. I'll have to take a boat to that continent next time we play in Forgotten Realms. Which is always because that's the only place that Wizards want to play now. It's definitely a no for me. Um, but like I said before, I really came into this. Uh, I hate these types of adventure games. I still remember buying, being super excited to buy A Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance when it came out <laughs> so I could play multiplayer. And then the multiplayer, remember, didn't work with my friend and I got stuck playing the single player. And I thought it was like the most boring, ugh, least interesting game ever. So I really hate these types of adventure games. And I don't think this one's any good. This is even worse than A Link to the Past. Uh, sure, the conversations in the story, Greg and Vegas both liked it a lot. It didn't really bring me in to, to kind of follow it. I, I didn't really care that much. The puzzles are nothing special, and the combat is atrocious. So it's a, it's a no for me. It's, this is, might be my least favorite game we've played. It's up there with good old How Demon, that? Demon How Stone. How is that even possible? Oh, no, I, How did you like this? Like, I don't... I mean, okay, I'll admit, I think this is probably a better game than Demon's Stone. I'm sure there's some things people will get out of it, but to me, it was not enjoyable at Stronghold? all. And it was very This boring. is oh, personal God. I forgot about Stronghold. So. All right, all right, well, let's just... Okay, I like Stronghold. Stronghold is... Whatever. This is bad. <laughs> I like I like Stronghold better than this. And again, and most of it comes back to just how bad the combat system is and how bad fighting things is and how annoying it is that you're constantly having to take potions for these combats that are Alex, you know, you said it's easy to avoid. I didn't I didn't have I wasn't as good as it is you, I guess. It's it's really hard for me, but again, these are personal recommendations. I will agree that I don't think it is a real bad game. I think there's a lot here for a person who likes these kinds of games. But, you know, Alex and I have very similar tastes. I don't like these kinds of games either. And mm. the emphasis on puzzles pushed me even further away. So I personally would not recommend people check this game out. And I, I think if you do like this genre, there's probably better games. I don't think that it's Dungeons & Dragons-ness is enough to pull someone in because I don't think it's a very good Dungeons & Dragons game either so i would recommend if you're into these top-down kind of action adventure rpgs you go play something like a zelda or or uh or an equivalent to that can't think of another I can't. one i really what I, other types of games I, I, I don't know zelda? secret of mana uh, or something is that an I've, rpg I've, you know if eh. you want to take us into the recommendation portion that's a fine segue because I had been thinking my recommendation for this month is another 1990s top-down game. And I just started thinking of it because we were playing Genie's Curse. Uh, it mm -hmm. comes out the year after it, and it's uh, one of my favorite old games from when I was a kid. It's Secret of Evermore. Oh, um, hell yeah. Great, great game. It's in this style, but unlike Al-Kadim, the art is fantastic and the gameplay is really good. You play as a boy who's being sent through time and space. So there's a lot of different, you're, there's a prehistoric zone it's and so uh, like a weird Greek zone. And uh, it's 
Ah, man, just a great game. Secret of Evermore. If you play Super Nintendo ROMs on your computer or if you're a cartridge collector, uh, good game. And I'm going to go ahead and recommend my own awesome game. Not like my own, but my recommendation. Card Hunter is a game that came out a few years ago on the web. It just popped on Steam. And it is a super fun tactical combat game. You equip your party with different equipment that you find, except the equipment comes with certain cards that goes into your deck. You draw cards every turn, like you always get a movement card, and then you try to figure out combos. The race class combinations that you can pick open you up to special equipment slots that you can throw on your characters. And it's a really fun, it's it's nice because it's got the tactics, there's there's multiplayer, there's co-op now on the Steam version. So you, you kind of scratch that tabletop role-playing tactical combat itch. You also get the, I guess, the paper doll itch of putting cool gear on your on your party. <laughs> and then, I mean, let's be real, that's what it is. My guys look awesome, all right? My crew is fresh to death. I love it. I've played the, the on the web version. i played so much. I'm excited to be able to try and check out uh, co-op with some homies. So definitely check out Card Hunter. Oh, it's free, too. So there's really no reason not to check it out. And the premium currency in it is pizza slices, which is awesome. <laughs> That's also the premium currency in uh, 1993 cartoons. <laughs> Starring turtles. Yeah, especially with turtles. Oh, I was going to say that there's a DM in that game, too, right? It's kind of like the... Uh, yeah, it's really, the like, lore of it. it's really like you're playing... A, a game of not Dungeons and Dragons, but it's Dungeons and Dragons, and they kind of they play it up. So that's why the premium currency is pizza, because you get up, you hang out with your friends and play pizza. It's like you're meta playing a game of people playing a game. What's that mobile game, <laughs> Knights of Pen and yeah, Paper? That's got a similar kind of yeah. conceit. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I think it's cute. Yeah, I played it for a few hours, and it was, it was oh, fun. Yeah, it's okay. I like the idea of one of the game. Anyway, Alex, what would you recommend? Is it a certain league? Uh, it is a league. It is the Rocket League, uh, which this game took Steam by storm a couple of weeks ago, and tons of people bought it. It is a soccer game where you play as a like race car. It's kind of like an RC car. Yeah. And it's three. It's up to four and four. The kind of standard game is three on three. And you just basically boost around this big soccer field. You can drive on walls and ceilings, and you just got to hit the ball into the other team's goal. Unbelievably simple, extremely fun. Yeah, really clean mechanics. Uh, very maneuverable, the cars. It's really a skill-based game. But Yeah, there's there's like a bunch of turbo. Sure. Eventually, you can get to a point where you're basically flying your car if you turbo boost at the a right time. A lot of times, but it it's... does feel like little kids chasing the soccer ball, but that's part of its wonderful yes. charm. Not yeah, enough people, um, everybody, yeah. Not enough people, you know, play yeah, their positions. No, to, Nobody wants to hold the midfield. Hold D. They just want to hit you gotta the ball. You got to have D. That's how you win. Nobody's there for my crosses. <laughs> Picture-perfect crosses, and the guys are behind me. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a game called Town of Salem. This is a clone of the popular like party game, Werewolf or Mafia, but it adds a lot more to it because every single townsperson, every single Mafia member has a role and a power. So instead of everyone just kind of sitting around waiting for stuff to happen, you're actually involved every night, every day, doing something different. I think it's a really great take on the genre. I think the, the UI is a little messy. Uh, it could use some polish there. But I think there's a lot of really interesting things going on. And it's only, I, I think it's free in a browser, but you can get it on Steam for five. 
five bucks. It's it's cool to play a game that the emphasis is on the social aspect of it, and uh, you don't see a lot of that anymore. It doesn't have voice chat, but well, that's probably for the best. That probably makes it better, yeah. though, right? Because then it's even harder to tell. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's real fun. It's a real, real good fun. Town of Salem, check it out. You play with strangers. You do. I think it's like uh, it's quite a few. It's Standard 15, games, 15, fifteen people. people yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's definitely something I recommend play with a a friend or a couple of friends just to make it a little more enjoyable. And it's such like a low key game. Yeah, that's play it and hmm. do anything else. You're right. You can do a lot. And then if you die, you can kind of keep an eye on it and still do other stuff. So yeah, and it easily all tabs and goes into a yeah. window. So town of Salem. <laughs> all right, I think that's about it. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, where can people find you on the internet, Vegas Lancaster? You can find me at VegasLancaster.com, and that's also where you can find my new podcast, One More Week with Vegas, which is me talking about the news and making jokes about it. Not D&D news, just regular news. It is great. And if you tweet news at Vegas, he might mention you on the cast. Just might. Just might. Just talking like... Like Pathfinder news? Oh, sweet. I'm going to tweet him some Pathfinder news. I love that game. You can check me out at the Twitters. That's where I am really all the time. At NTS underscore QPOP. That's my jammy jam. Find me at my Twitter at yo underscore Alex Basso. Uh, still not tweeting, oh, not tweeting much. That's a lot. Not, yeah, not I really on there. Did I, I think I might have retweeted something yeah. uh, the other yeah. day. Maybe I'll, you know, it, it'll be, it takes time to get into it. Greg, I'm surprised how much of a Twitter machine you've become. I tweet all the things. He likes, he's a, he likes that RT. He likes the RT. So uh, that makes, that gives me hope that one day it's just going to click and then I'm going to tweet uh, every other minute. So I get excited. Keep your eyes out for whenever that happens. I like your retweets, Greg. They're always uh, something that I'm not seeing out of anybody else I follow, like interesting programmer jokes. (laughs) I have have a pretty eclectic Twitter feed. I like it, though. Financial all day. Yeah, I would would not unfollow you. Thanks, Vegas. I appreciate that. Uh, And you can follow me, if you wish to do so, on Twitter at Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. Be sure to check out next month. We'll be playing Birthright, the Gorgon's Alliance, which is a 1997 strategy game. It's kind of like a turn-based war game set in the Birthright campaign setting, which if we knew nothing about Alcatine, we know absolutely nothing about Birthright. So it'll be an interesting ride. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next episode. Did somebody say future? <laughs> it's me, the Time Weasel. Oh, the Time Weasel. Yes. I steal time. Pet of the Time oh, Wizard. Oh, it's the pet of the Time Wizard. I have no control over time, so I'll be useless for your purposes. Okay. But I wanted to say hi because I heard someone say future. All right. Thanks, Time Weasel. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> yes, it was. Guys, I don't think I like the time weasel much. <laughs> I love the time. Can we please oh, refrain God. from all references of time, uh, <laughs> starting now? Did you oh. say now? <laughs>